our Guys in Short Sports Los Angeles. Happy Election Week, Los Angeles. We got all your LA sports for this week. Coming from your Lakers, Clippers, USC, UCLA, Rams, Raiders, Galaxy Kings. That's that's pretty much that it. it. I think I got okay. everybody. Full yeah, schedule. Did I, get, right I like did I that you all? put Raiders in there without an asterisk. I, you know, <laughs> I know. What? what is that I feel about? Like, I feel like they're good enough right now to to actually talk about. I mean, they're Thank doing you. a lot better than our LA hey, team. Are you a bandwagoner? Uh, we also have an interview with our Rams fangirl from the Fangirl Sports Network, Taylor nice. Felix. A lady. Awesome. Yeah. Making, I believe that's our first girl on the show. Wow. Yeah. We did it, guys. Stuff. <laughs> All right. We got a ton to get to, so let's welcome the guys. Victor Costello. I love basketball. <laughs> yes, you do. Darren Besa. Hashtag Fire Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And Ben Garcia. Boop-de-boop. Yeah. And Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Vieira. USA. USA. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm Jeff Wilson. <laughs> and real quick, before we get into anything, I have to point out the fact that uh, Victor showed up. That's I've, who that as is. As long as I've known Victor, <laughs> yeah. he's had a beard. And he showed up with no beard tonight. And I barely recognized you. Yeah, technically, it's a very short beard. Uh, there's, a, I had there's a little stubble. Yeah, I had a mishap with my beard trimmer. Uh, <laughs> it's Movember. Yeah. No, true story, really? I, seriously. Wow. Yeah, no, seriously. I, I, was, I was shaving. Um, I was trimming my beard. Uh-huh. As and, one does. As one does, <laughs> right. And uh, a little piece fell off, so I, I put it back on. And when I shut it back down, I didn't realize that it had gone back down to the 0. 0.4 oh. length. So I immediately nice. went to go, like, you know, shave my neck and a big old white strip. Uh, <laughs> at that point, everything had to be 0. 0.4 length because right. I by looked tomorrow, like an idiot. By tomorrow afternoon, it'll be back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I walked in the studio and I could not recognize you. I thought maybe you got new glasses. I know something went on. I don't think I've ever seen you without a beard. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's been a while. How about them Lakers? Yes, baby Had a three-game win streak. One of those games beating the Golden State Warriors. The super team. Yeah, Yeah. the Golden State Charmin. Yeah, not not just beating them, destroying them. It It was fun. These kids, they're a young group. They still have a lot to learn. Um, obviously defensively, they're not the greatest team in the world and they do still make some mistakes, but I mean, they, they're athletic, they're young, they love their coach and, uh, they're finally making Lakerland excited about something. This is a, this is a good team. Yeah. That was yeah. fun. That was a lot of fun. It was definitely the jerseys though. The throwback, oh, the throwback jerseys yeah, for sweet. sure. It's cool to see yeah. for sure. And a little cool. dunk on, uh, David West's oh. face is always nice. So. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> And shout out to the hammer, whose bold prediction is a third of the way there. I, I said we would beat the Warriors, the Cavs, and then we threw in the Spurs for good measure. So That's right. We're a third of the way there. I think we got that. I think we can do it. Oh, <laughs> good. This this team is looking good. Now, are we getting our hopes up? Is it time to maybe uh, well so start thinking? I was going to say highly. I have a point on that, and and no, I I I don't think that. Of course, lo- you don't because you're sitting on the hate couch. <laughs> but continue. I was actually going to say something positive. (laughs) I think that Lakers fans need to be excited. I think that we were lucky to catch Golden State on the second night of a back-to-back, but we took advantage of it. We could have let them come in and we could have let them win, but we didn't. And the thing that I liked the most about that win was that we followed it up with the next night or two nights yeah, later by beating Phoenix. Now, everything that we did that was positive in the Golden State game 
we then transitioned it into the next game. And so that was nice to see. And then to see it, they actually have a record that's over 500. That's probably the first time in three years. It's I, fantastic. We didn't expect that this season. For <laughs> no, 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 no oh, nobody did. So nobody a did. A pleasant surprise. They're, they're winning more than, than we thought they were. I think I saw a stat that the, the Lakers didn't get their fourth win until the middle of December last season. Yeah. Wow. And so we're at four wins already. So What's that's, the that's biggest contributing factor, factor to this early success? I think it's Luke Walton. I think it's the the system is already working. What he ha- he has them playing his style, his brand of basketball, and they're they're gelling. That chemistry is working. Whatever whatever system he has in place, they seem to be buying in and executing what what he wants them to execute. Agree? Do you agree? Agree, and I want to add to that. I think that by the by the kids getting minutes last season, Ooh, they were able to point. they were able to understand the NBA game, the speed of the NBA game. And I think by having Kobe there, even though it was probably more of a negative than a positive, I think that by having somebody in there who's done it before and you continue to hear that kind of stuff, they may not have liked it, but I think it's resonating with them now, plus having that year and liking their coach. So I think it's really a combination of everything. Yeah, and I agree with both. actually both of you guys' points. Luke Walton's made a huge difference. Going back to the Kobe thing, I think – that one of the sh- biggest things that they did last year was that final Kobe game. When they heard that cr- how that crowd can get they behind the it. Lakers, yes. they absolutely ate it up. And it was like, this can actually, like, this we is want this. what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, this is what we're after. This is, you know, let's get to this level so we yeah. can get this crowd behind yeah. us because the crowd will be behind them. And the Lakers bench is flipping amazing. These guys yeah. are outscoring <laughs> the starters. I mean, they're outscoring other teams benches by double points. Really? Yeah, these guys come in and it's, it's not a letdown. Yeah, it's not a letdown. Absolutely. Yeah. And so those the, all three of those reasons are reasons why the Lakers are doing well. Are they going to make the playoffs? Probably not. Still. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> um let's not get too crazy, but uh-huh. it definitely the future looks bright. It lays the foundation exactly. for next season. Yeah. Uh-huh. And to your point Vic, uh you know about feeling that crowd. What was that Timi- T- Timothy Moskov Oh, yeah, first game of the right. season. What it's did he Timothy. say? The Moz. Oh, the Moz. Timothy. Yeah. Timothy. <laughs> but his his statement was, you know, I've played on an NBA championship team, and I've never heard a crowd yeah, like this. Yeah, that's exactly so, what he said. So I think that it was contagious. Yeah, totally. I love it. I don't love you guys when you're all agreeing and stuff like that. So <laughs> we're going to move on to something else. How about the Clippers? Let's yeah, uh, thing, talk huh? about those guys. Yeah, and their defense. Do <laughs> 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 they have, like, the number one ranked defense or something in, uh, in- uh, what Whatever they're NBA. doing, they're doing right. I mean, they're six and one, and it's an impressive six and one. It's not um, barely winning. It's not running over teams that they should be running over. I mean, they're playing quality teams for the most part. They played a few quality teams, and and uh, they're 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 beating guys. I mean, they're just beating them on every p- point of the game, and they look good. They look like they're a team that they that knows this is probably it. Yeah, they're going to you know? be in the conversation <laughs> towards the end of the season, and depending on how it all pans out with Golden State, they will beat Golden State yeah, in the playoffs. It, it would; it, these guys just might cancel wow. each other out and beat each other up, and they yeah. might they yeah. might catch uh, a Golden State team who maybe limped into a series, and they might be able to to do it. Yeah. I, I don't th- I, whether they're healthy or not. I think with the inside presence that DeAndre Jordan and that Blake Griffin and and what the Clippers have inside, if them. if the if the Clippers stay healthy. And they go into the playoffs with a full roster. Now that's always an if, but if they do, they will beat Golden State in five or six games. And they're hungry. I think they're hungry this year. I really do think that they know 
things might be changing if not this year next year and yeah. the you know they're on the clock right now so they're hungry <laughs> i love that the window's always closing with the clippers because <laughs> <laughs> it's that same old story well i think well I, I think it is because of contracts contracts right. yeah, right. is the main reason i, I yeah. believe that yeah. blake griffin is up mm -hmm. this season yeah and so if it's not going well there's a potential that they would sell him off but if they continue to play the way they do right. they're going into the playoffs and they're going to try to resign him next season. exactly Good for you, Clipper fans. Basketball's <laughs> looking up in Los Angeles. All three of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk a little USC football, shall we? We are looking Hammer. good. What yeah. do you got for us? I'm in a great mood again this <laughs> week. Oh, I love it. Yeah, you, I love when we're on the upswing. You know, the concern last week is that USC would kind of overlook this game because it was a struggling Oregon team that came to the Coliseum. Uh, but that was not the case. USC took care of business. They beat the Ducks 45-20. to 20. It's the first time they beat Oregon since 2011. So wow. it's been uh, five years. They haven't played them each year because right. of the way the, yeah, the, the, right, right. the North and South separation has happened. But still, but still yeah. having, having not beaten... Oregon in five years, it feels good, even though this isn't technically the same Oregon eh. that they used to be. It still feels good to 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 check them off the list that it's been a while since we beat them. So the running game was, again, the strong suit this week. Last week, Ronald Jones had a career-high 223 yards, and he just continued his record-setting pace. He tied a school single-game record with four rushing touchdowns. Wow. So, again, he had a great performance. He was just having his way with the Oregon defense. Uh, it looked like he was going through tackle dummies at some point. It just looked like a drill. I mean, there were two Oregon players who went to tackle him, and he just went right through them. It looked like you know, wow. He, he was it was just a practice drill. So that's that's the difference between having real athletes and then athletes that perform better than who they are. And Oregon in previous years has always been a team that that has been a system, right. and they don't have the best athletes, but they had the best system, and they played in a fashion that people weren't really accustomed to. So you know, when you see a USC that's able to just run all over them, what it tells you is that they're just physically stronger mm -hmm. and bigger than the other team. Yeah, we definitely we definitely had more talent than Oregon, and that showed. They just could gotcha. not keep up with our, our athletes out there. Uh, Sam Darnold had another solid week. He added two touchdowns with 309 yards. Uh, USC started off in the first quarter 17-0, so I thought it was going to get really, really ugly, really, really quick, but Oregon kind of settled, and they forced USC to punt and, uh, you know, made, made the Trojans kind of second-guess and take the game a little more seriously because they were starting to run away with it, but it was never really that close. Uh, the play of the game came in the third quarter when the pocket closed in on uh, Sam Darnold, and then he spun out, rolled out left, and he gunned the ball to Daniel Itamorbebe. So I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but it's just an awesome name. Not a Sounds game. right to me. <laughs> Sounds good. Not yeah. a Game of it's Thrones a great character. One. Yeah. So the defender got a, a finger on it, and so the ball got kind of bobbled, and he grabbed it with one hand and then hauled it in for a 37-yard game. So it was just it was just a great play. And Sam Darnold, when the pocket closes, he's able to make a, a play happen. I feel like he almost throws the ball better when he's on the run. He, the, there's something about the way he, he plays – that when he's under pressure, I feel like he he throws it harder when he knows it counts. So he's really just a, a young stud, and I'm I'm so happy the way he's developing because you could tell he's learning a lot, and he he has the talent. The players uh, they interviewed some of the players after the game. One of them said his game's almost like Steve Nash because he's always keeping you on your toes. He says the play's never dead. You have to always be ready to catch the ball because he's going to find a way to 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 get the ball up there. So he'll make his mistakes, but he's gonna. He, he's going to make some plays. My brother made an interesting comparison when we were watching the game. He, he, he told me he reminds him of Brett Favre, the gunslinger. Hmm. Just, you know, he's going to have his, his just launch it up there and maybe get a pick, <laughs> but he's going he's gonna to go after it every single time. And I thought that was a fair comparison you know from who the else, way he plays. You know who else actually modeled their game after Brett Favre, now that you mention it? Derek Carr. 
that's why he wears number four. I didn't hmm, know really? that, but I was watching a, a, a Raider special or something. Go figure, huh? And yeah, and I was like, you know what? I, I can see that. And so Brett Favre is probably, you know, one of the quarterbacks that our generation watched as, yeah. a, as a kid and was like, that's because he was. He's he got was that grittiness. Yep. Yeah. He had that grittiness and he, he was he was the quintessential football player. He wasn't the guy that, you know, that was smiling all the time. He was he was that, you know, he had that five day beard. Yeah. The Victor beard. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Not anymore. laughs> but no, he's he, he's he's a very influential quarterback. Yeah, I really like that comparison right. when my brother brought that up. Nice. So Ben worked in the Raiders. Did you want to work in Portugal winning the uh, Euro real quick? <laughs> we'll see. That counts towards his minute, right? <laughs> that does oh, count towards yeah, your Raiders. I do, okay. I do have a question for you. So the big the big news from USC this week was that Max Brown was looking to be transferred. What yes. are your thoughts on that? I think that it it, it behooves him to go somewhere else. I, I absolutely yes. think the same and, thing. And I the way that the NCAA is set up, he's not going to be penalized, so he can go anywhere he wants and start next season. But he would have been penalized had SC not let him out of yes. the, the so contract. Let, yeah, USC is allowing him to walk, Which basically. I like, because, you know, like, you know, schools like USC, Ohio State, Alabama, they all they're about is just accruing talent. And so what they do is they tell these guys, oh, you're going to start. Like, you're the, you're the best thing since sliced bread. So these young 18-year-old kids who don't know any better, and they trust Nick Saban, they trust uh, Clay Helton, they trust Urban Meyer, they'll just go ahead and they'll sign them. They'll think, hey, I'm going to be the next stud at Ohio State, USC, Alabama. And yeah, then four studs ahead of you. And all of yeah. a sudden, <laughs> it's like, well, they recruited four other guys just like you, and you just got beat out now. You're the same age, or maybe you're older than the guy that got the starting position, and you're never going to actually see a play. So you're never going to get drafted and you're never going to fulfill that NFL dream. And so some of the schools will say, no, we're not going to let you out of that that contract because you signed a letter of intent with us. And so what will happen is you lose a year, of, a eligibility. year of eligibility. What I like that USC did is they recognized that and they said, you know what? We want you to succeed. We want to succeed. So what yeah. it does is that other recruits that hear that. They'll, they'll want to the, come to USC. They'll come to USC because they'll go, you know what? If it doesn't work out, they're going to let us out. So I think that's a great uh, point that USC allowed them to go out. Why don't you two get a room with all your agreeing <laughs> over there? <laughs> this is a, a lovely week. I, I don't like this. This is a bizarre world. This is election week. Yeah, come on. Is, we're supposed to be fighting in mysticots so We're angry. in a different world now, folks. Uh, I love it. <laughs> so <laughs> the big news is uh, the biggest game of the week is coming up. It's It yes. has Pac-12 championship implications. It has college Football playoff implication. Washington is coming in undefeated, and USC is traveling away to Washington. So this is going to be the game of the season in the Pac-12 for sure. Possibly, you know, uh, NCAA game of the year. Uh, the UFC offense has looked great in the past few weeks. The question is going to be: Can the defense slow down this Washington offense? Because they're a team uh, that we've mentioned. They've put 66 on Cal. They've put 70 on Oregon. So is US is the USC defense going to be able to slow them down? Because it's if- USC's offense offense that has to do it. If USC can run the ball consistently and and win the the, the time of possession, that's how they keep They're going to have to grind them down. Absolutely. Yeah, because they're going to have to keep the the Washington offense off the field. And Correct. So, so that's going to be the tricky part. If there is a weak link for USC, it is the pass defense. So so that's the part that scares me, but if they can keep time of time of possession and the offense can get hot, I'd love to see a shootout like a 52-45. USC can be in one of those games. They could definitely hang with them. And it, it feels Oregon-esque yeah, about 5 years ago. Yeah, that that's exactly what happened. They, they had a lost Oregon a few years ago where it was like I think it was like 62 to 51. So it, we might see a game like that where it's just an offensive explosion but you know we need some help from other teams yep. but if USC wins us there can definitely be some 
Nice. Some, some exciting things well, going on. Real quick, before we move on, I need you to just real quick say my favorite wide receiver's name because you didn't work oh, him Juju in. Oh, Juju Smith. There he is. All right. Yeah, you have to say that. Yeah. You got to. <laughs> can't be a USC update without him. Let's move on to UCLA and USC fans talking UCLA football. Uh, well, their great. season ended when yeah. their quarterback went down. Yeah. So, I so it's actually, gotten bad. Well, huh? I actually voted to not even do the update, but Eric yeah. had, some, had, some, <laughs> had some news. Well, unfortunately. Eric just likes to gloat. Yeah. He just likes to <laughs> I talk. love to rub it in. <laughs> and that too. Well, UCLA let me down again. They, they, they let us down last week because they couldn't beat Utah. They let us down again this week. They couldn't beat Colorado. So, so when you want them to win, yeah, they won't when, win. Exactly. When so, you, and you know what? They're going to come and play USC tough yeah, in two weeks. <laughs> they're going to show up for that game. That's right. exactly what I'm afraid of. So UCLA is doing a great job of not upsetting just one, but upsetting two fan bases. So they're really just, you know, talk about a turd sandwich all over the board. So the, the game was was not fun to watch. So it's a good thing it was on Thursday night, and hopefully nobody watched it. Well, you were it, used to that because yeah. you watched soccer. Oh, <laughs> there we go. Wow. Hey, Hey, couch. <laughs> He's back. He's, He's back. back. That's right. All right. So they actually um, kept the game somewhat close. It was 10-10 going into the fourth quarter, and then Colorado got a punt return, and that was the end of the game. Their quarterback just isn't getting it done. Mike Faithful. When Rosen's down, then they, they can't seem to get it going. He had a measly 185 yards with a TD and an INT. There were 25 penalties against both teams, racking up 224 yards. Sounds like wow. a Raiders can't game. Can't even say that. It was, just, yeah. it was just an absolute mess of a game to watch. And, you know, to Ben's point about being able to recruit, UCLA's issue is depth because when Rosen went down, there, because when you have a young stud quarterback, there are no young quarterbacks who want to come to your school because you're already starting a young guy. You, that that place is taken for the next four years, so there's no one to fill that void when your quarterback goes down. So, well, there's only so many five star recruits, and the yes. problem when you have Oregon for all those years that was real good, and now you've got Washington, they have a direct line to the talent that's in Southern California, and so when USC was dominant, and 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 when UCLA was good during the um, I can't even remember. Were they good? I don't think they were ever good. They were good in the Bob Toledo <laughs> administration. Yeah. They were able to keep those four and five star recruits here in Southern California. But with you know Sarkeesian, who started recruiting down here because of his USC connection when he Going was in at, the hood, yeah. at Washington. I think that a lot of the really good players that are from this area are going up north. And so what happens, in just to Eric's point, and that is that they do get their fair share of four- and five-star recruits, but it's only one level deep. And that as soon as those guys get hurt, there isn't somebody on the bench that can take their place. That sounds about right. That sounds Thanks, about UCLA right. <laughs> so UCLA is three and six, and I am feeling really good about my bet with James. There we go. You, that season bet. You're not going to be wearing UCLA uh, gear I, at the end of the worst season. case scenario. USC ha would have to lose their next three, and UCLA would have to win their next three for uh, it to be a tied record. So we're and good. The, yeah, we're we're in good shape. So James, get ready. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. All right. Well, we got to take a quick break, but when we come back, we have an interview with Taylor Felix from the Fangirl Sports Network, along with some Raiders updates, Galaxy updates, and all that good stuff. We'll be right back. 
To build a championship team, today's general managers analyze their players using data and metrics. What if that same information were available to help you maximize the success of your business? Enter Snowfly. Snowfly works with both large and small businesses to identify and collect data relevant to their specific goals. Snowfly's innovative analysis and reporting tools define critical behavior metrics in employees and can drastically improve your hiring and overall productivity. Go to snowfly.com or call 877-SNOWFLY. That's 877-SNOWFLY. Call today. We are back. Time to talk some Rams, Rams. football. Yes. I'm feeling a little better today. The loss was a little rough to the Panthers on Sunday. Darren and I were at the game. We yep. were, recorded the Rams show from the South Lawn before and after the game. It was a good time, even though they lost. <laughs> We 13 to 10. Off. <laughs> it's crazy because they were in that game. It was 13 to 10, but it felt like it was much worse than that. Yes. You know, it, it could have been much worse, but you know what? Our defense did their job. And yeah. that's what our Rams defense do. Unfortunately, though, you know, our offense is, they just blow. Yeah. They're Come just on. terrible. But the we defense looks fantastic. Yeah. Darren, were you leading the, the uh, We Want Golf chant? I was up there, yep. I was <laughs> definitely on board with oh, the chant. Yeah. He was shouting for sure. You know, I, I do take some praise. It was during when the uh, Rams were on offense, but you know what? I, I had to get that off my chest. Yes. Yeah. So I participated. You voted yeah. your conscience. Exactly. <laughs> well, if you want uh, to hear that, you can definitely check out the Guys in Shorts Rams show on that feed, but we have some more Rams talk with our guest this week. On the line with us, we are fortunate enough to have from Fangirl Sports Network, our Rams fangirl, Taylor Felix. Yeah. Hello. Taylor, good to have you. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you all? Uh, I am well. We are, we are very well. Yes, and indeed. I think you have the distinct honor of being the first girl on the show, right? Congrats. Yes. Oh, that right? Really? Yeah. 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 Milestone. I think you do. This is, it only took us I'm 30 honored. Minutes. You, as, as you should be. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm th- totally so, honored. Uh, yeah, well, thanks for taking the time with us. How long have you been a Rams fan? So, I always say, I have to be really honest about this. I was four when the Rams fan. left LA. <laughs> you so, wish. I was never a Rams fan before this because I was a huge football fan. I graduated from USC. I was a song girl there. So I was a big Pete Carroll fan. Oh, we got got big USC fans here as well. Oh, fight on everyone. (laughs) So I became a Seahawks fan, but I always felt like I'm such a bandwagon fan. I don't even live there. Like I just became a Seahawks fan because of Pete Carroll. So when I knew the Rams were coming back to LA, I'm like, okay, now I'm a real fan. Absolutely. You know, and we've had this debate that... (laughs) It's okay to jump ship when your city that didn't have a football team suddenly gets a football team. That's that's allowed. I agree. Yeah. So if everyone in LA is now bandwagon fans, it's totally no. fine. Oh, you, yeah. You but you can't even call them bandwagon fans because the Rams are terrible. And so <laughs> right. like bandwagon fan, the definition of that is the team is good and you jump on the bandwagon. Like she yeah, so that doesn't count. But yeah. even when the team sucks, though, we still fill out that uh, stadium at 85,000 oh, yeah, so. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Taylor, how'd you get involved with Fangirl Sports Network? 
I actually got involved through a USC connection. What they say about the alumni Trojan network is totally true. That's how I got connected to our 49ers fangirl and I became the Rams fangirl. And, um, I was at Fox sports West for three years prior to this gig. Um, but I've been loving it. I, when I was at West, we never had an NFL team and all the other Fox sports regions have really great, sure. uh, football cultures. So I was always missing out. Um, so that's kind of how I came into fangirl sports network. And, and so tell us a little bit about fangirl sports network for those that don't know. Yeah. So basically what we do is we do videos that live on digital. So anything social media, every week we send out a game preview and then a features video. So I do anything from a recipe to game day wear to recasting Hocus Pocus, anything to make light of <laughs> Which what was is great, the Rams by the way. season. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you. It was good. We, we kind of dabble in that kind of stuff, trying to put a, you know, an interesting spin on the, the sports news that you don't get on like the AM stations or. The, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have to do something different, right? We did a comic book crossover <laughs> show and it was, oh my God. We, tried. It was, we tried, we were trying to use uh, LA sports figures yeah. as like Avengers or yeah. wasn't there a rule? The it Avengers had to be, only had to be an Avengers. Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. That was oh, Ben's favorite fun. episode. It was, it was similar to your Hocus Pocus episode, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's just a fun way to talk sports, right? Exactly. Yeah. All right. So let's get into some Rams discussion. And obviously okay. this is the big topic that everyone <laughs> is talking about. And that's the quarterback situation. For the Rams. Have they been talking about that? Right. Yeah. Is that a big yeah. deal or something? There's something really? going on there? Yeah. Is, and, and there's an election today? That's first <laughs> I've heard of it. First I've heard of it. So uh, is it time to start Jared Goff? I mean, why the heck not at this point? Yeah. That's what I even talk about it in my videos this week that are going out. I'm like, where the heck is he? And why aren't we just giving him a go? What we're doing clearly isn't working. So I'm all for trying something new. And... I think we should do it. Why did we give up everything to have the number one draft pick sit on the sideline in week 10? Yeah. You know, Taylor, I, I totally agree. And what you said just, is just sweet, sweet music for my ears. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I sit next to some of these guys, and some of these guys are kind of opposed to putting Goff. But I think at this point in time, we need a change. And I think Goff getting in the system is that change that the fans want at this point in time. I would agree. And I've got a question, Taylor. Do you think that Jeff Fisher and the coaches are being honest about Goff being ready, or do you think they're playing a little chess, maybe hiding his his true ability of being ready to start or not? I'm a little confused on that because for me, when they keep saying he's not ready, wouldn't you know that when you pick the number one draft pick if he that's wasn't going to be yeah. ready for an NFL offense? Yeah, yeah, that's, absolutely. You would think, you would, yeah, you <laughs> especially would giving yeah. up six yeah. picks, and then, yeah. and then him coming from Cal, you wouldn't think that it would be from the mental standpoint, not learning. I mean, right? They had mentioned that you know he, right. he didn't really get under center. There was a lot of the, of the offense that he didn't do while he was at Cal, but he went to Cal. The guy should be fairly intelligent and be able to pick up on it. So to me, it seems like it's a physical attribute versus a mental one. Well, he doesn't know that the sun rises in the east. So. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Pretty, he should have known then. Yeah. We should have known then. Oh, red flag. That was a massive red flag. <laughs> were, you, were you at the game uh, this weekend? No, I was okay. at a wedding, so I had to listen to it on the radio. Who gets married on a Sunday or a, a weekend know, when there's a Rams home game? Know. You know what? I have to give you props, though. You listened to it. That's awesome. That is pretty cool. Yes. I listened to the entire game on the radio, and I was trying to live tweet uh, my <laughs> thoughts from the radio. Were, were you chanting in your car then? Oh, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> love it. Love it. All right. So we got a question for you about one of your videos. You did a great okay. video for the girls on how to look cute at the games on game day with their wardrobe and shorts and shirts and jerseys and stuff like that. So our question is, what are some of the do's and don'ts for us guys uh, for our game day wardrobe? Oh, man, guys, such fashionistas. Um, oh, there's a fashion police in the background. Huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that. Where is that coming from? Um, I don't really have many don'ts because I feel like it's very straightforward. Don't come looking stiff to a football game. Don't wear a button down collar. You should be oh, relaxed. That's, that's solid advice. And you do see but, that. Yeah. <laughs> My dues were, especially if you're a Rams fan, make sure you have a baseball hat because we're in November and it's 90 degrees out yeah. for every football game you attend. Dollar advice. The Rams have really bomb colors. So I think just like I said for the girls, play with the colors, get the jersey of your favorite player. I am still wearing my Jared Goff jersey in every video, hoping <laughs> that that will make a difference. So everyone wear your Goff jerseys to the game. And yeah, I think guys can't go wrong, really. You guys have it easy, always. Pretty much. We, you're, you're right there. I got a question for you. Uniforms, when they change, do you think uh, we stick with these colors or they go back to the old blue and gold? Ooh, I kind of like the old school, actually. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah, we're on board with that, too. Oh, yes. We're, that's, that's what we're all pushing yeah. for. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We'd start a petition, but our last petition crashed and burned, so <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to do any We good. need to start the quarterback petition first. Yeah, yeah, let's worry about that. <laughs> all right, well, Taylor, before we let you go, uh, why don't you let everybody know how to get in touch with you or follow you or all that stuff. How do we find you? Yeah. So you can follow me Instagram, Twitter at the Rams fangirl. And then um, our website is the fangirl sports network. I have another fangirl. She's a 49ers fangirl. She is struggling with me. Although <laughs> I always say the Rams are still a little better than the 49ers. Oh, absolutely. So if you want to follow us with our losing seasons, please do um, at the Rams fangirl for me though. Well, you're definitely bringing some entertainment to a season that has been a struggle, to say the least. So we oh, thank Thanks you, so much. and uh, and we thank you very much for taking the time with us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah of course. First thank girl you so on the much. show. Yeah, I know. Awesome. I feel honored. Now you guys have to come and be on one of my videos. Uh, done, <laughs> done, and done. done deal. I mean, okay. a lot of these spaces are for podcasting, but yeah. we'll definitely <laughs> not do mine. That. I was hey, a division we'll one athlete. <laughs> D one. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll be in touch. We will make it happen. All right. Go Rams. Go Rams. Go Rams. Thanks, guys. How about that, guys? She's pretty nice. cool, right? Yeah, it is, it is weird to hear a girl say things sports-related. Yeah. <laughs> it's very sexist. Every, every I don't agree yeah. with uh, anything no, Ben is saying. I don't saying. think that's a sexist remark, because my wife cannot get further away from sports if she yeah. tries. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny that I have a, you know, I'm part of a sports podcast. Yeah. And I can yeah, barely she, get my yeah. wife to yeah. Yeah. listen to this show. Have any of them listen? I say this very comfortably. She is not going to listen to this <laughs> at all. No, she only listens. I love you, honey. Yeah. yeah. She, she only listens when I'm like, hey, listen to this. <laughs> all right. Well, Ben, you can have her fast forward to this moment in this show, because because now's your opportunity to talk a little Raiders football. They are the, the real Raiders. deal, my friend. I'll let you guys introduce it, man. I'm just going to sit back and bask in the oh, glow of how so my, great my team look is. At <laughs> look at them preen. The peacock feathers oh, are out. Oh, 13 man. and 3. 13 and 3. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Listen, you know, actually, I have, I have to admit, 
that going into this week, I expected the Raiders to lose. They're playing at home. They this season they've they've looked distracted at home. They haven't played their best football. They generally play their best football on the road. And then I made a statement a couple of weeks ago when they played the Kansas City Chiefs that the Raiders don't play well when they play a team that is well coached. And if there's one thing that I can say about Denver is that they're good from the top down. They're good mm-hmm. from John Elway down to their to their coach, down to their you know uh, mid level coaches, down to their players. And for the Raiders to go in into Oakland and really they they punched him in the mouth in the beginning and then they just kind of maintained the lead and rented them down yeah. and the other criticism that I had about the Raiders when they played Kansas City was that they didn't run the football and that when you play a playoff football you have to be able to run the ball because you're playing in in inclement weather where it's going to be snowing it's going to be raining and that pass game that works in October isn't going to work in December and in January and so the Raiders came in and they were doing six man offensive lines and they were just they were telling Denver we're going to run the ball stop it and they were they were averaging four and a half you know yards a carry or something and they dominated and, and then you know obviously Derek Carr does does what he does and here we are you know winning 30 to 20 and i was i couldn't have been happier it's amazing they look like, great and then how about a sunday night game cuz those are the that's where mark- i was going to go when was yep. the last time the raiders were picked for that flex game to play on sunday night to be a marquee game so, and they showed up under so, the bright lights which so, was great absolutely so i was going to kind of make mention of that oh and yeah that, get a room you two the raiders <laughs> the raiders Hearts used to eyes. be known as the winningest franchise in all of sports for years, the 60s, 70s, and 80s, the Raiders were like the pinnacle of all sports teams. And they had this record that they were very proud of that anytime they played on Monday Night Football, they had the highest winningest percentage of Monday Night Football games. And to your point, that was the showcase game of the week. Yeah, that game used to be what the Sunday Night game is now. Absolutely. So now this being the showcase game, it's like all of a sudden they are, you know, kind of spreading their wings. And, you know, there you can see the matru- the maturation point from from game one to now. Yeah, J- Jack Del Rio is doing a hell of a job. I think that he's taking you know the input from every game and he's showing them the tape and he's saying, guys, if you want to win long term in this league, these are the little things that you need to do. And and really the difference between winning and losing in the NFL are the little things. It's the penalties. It's being able to run the ball when the defense knows you're going to be running the ball, and it's being able to pass the ball in windows when there isn't a lot of space. And those are the things that you have to have. You have to have a good quarterback. You have to have good coaching. You have to have a good GM that puts the right players in the position. I agree. And so everything the Rams don't do. (laughs) And the Raiders, Raiders for the first time in 20 years, have put it together. And I'd love to see this team. I actually was watching um, uh, Colin Coward, and I don't remember who his, his guest was, but they said, we could be looking at a Cowboys-Raiders Super Bowl. And I was like, well, hold on. Wait a minute. I don't know if we're going to get <laughs> hey, there. you know what? 2016. Power, Cubs, power rankings uh, yeah. have Patriots, Cowboys, and Raiders. I know. And, and I'll so, tell you what. I think maybe the Raiders are that low because they're the Raiders. Yeah. They could be better than well, that. Well, so, so in a year where the Cubs win... Donald Trump is looking like he's going to win. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Portugal. Portugal won. And then that team. Uh, Leicester City. Yeah. Leicester City. Hell, why maybe, not? The, Raiders, yeah. why maybe not? the Raiders yeah. can do it. So, you know what? I am going to have a drink for my you Oakland nice. fucking Raiders. Oh, you know what? I'm glad to see you happy. Something that you would never say to me, but I'm glad to see well, you happy, that. my friend. Well, yeah. <laughs> it must be drink. nice to you have a good Rams? football team. Yeah, we have to sit there and just, what's it like to have a good football team? We have to listen <laughs> to Raiders updates. You know what? At least we have a football team. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's enough of that. 
<laughs> Moving on. And this is a bummer to end on this note, but <laughs> the LA Galaxy, yeah, that's we got to wrap up the season. That's why I was all in on the Raiders talk. I wanted some good news for a change. <sighs> so we had the Hammer, second. what do we got? We got the second leg against Colorado. Galaxy came into the game with a 1-0 lead on aggregate. They're looking to clinch a spot in the Western Conference Finals. So we talked about how the lineup hasn't changed in these playoffs. Bruce Arena's kind of stuck to his guns. And there was, the starting lineup was just slightly changed. We saw Mike McGee in for Emmanuel Boateng. Uh, Keenan Gerard were still on the bench. So it was kind of like a dance with who brought you. And so they, they went into Colorado with a similar lineup. The objective of the game was either to hold Colorado scoreless or to get an away goal, which is essential, which essentially counted as double when you go into Colorado because of the away goals rule. So Colorado came out the aggressors, and rightfully so because they needed to make a game of it because without obviously being down 1-0, they needed to to go after it. And the Galaxy just looked flat from minute one. Colorado from the kickoff was all over the Galaxy. And, and the Galaxy did well to, to prevent them from scoring, but it, part of it might have been the altitude. They, they stayed in L.A. until Saturday night, and the game was Sunday morning. So they oh, kind of flew really? in last minute just – to not let the altitude mess with them. Mm -hmm. uh, the U.S. national team has done kind of similar strategies when they fly into Mexico. So the idea was just to get in and get out as quickly as possible. But if that's going to be your objective, you need to you need to press. You need to go in there and play your game. And they just they they looked like either the altitude or they were tired. They, they just did not look ready for that game. And Colorado was all over them. Uh, the turning point came in the 36th minute when Shkelton Gashi scored an oh. absolute missile of a goal. Uh, th this thing just, if you see the replay, it looks unreal because I don't know if it had to do with the altitude or the way he hit the ball. It starts to go right, and then it swerves in midair the other direction. So oh. it kind of put uh, our goalkeeper, Brian Rowe, off his, off his line, and then it bounced off the post and went in. So it was just huh. an absolute wow. beautiful goal, a, a little bit of luck. But but that's all they needed, and that that was all the difference in the game. Good teams create their own luck, though. Yeah, and and, and the thing is, with a player like that, he scored a similar goal in L.A. When Colorado came to L.A., he scored another just missile. And you have to know that that's this guy's game. This isn't the first time he's done this. So you have to shut him down, or you know, grab a jersey, you know, throw a shoe at him, do whatever you got to do, because <laughs> that's this guy's game. And maybe they weren't expecting it from how far out he was, but but he 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 made some magic happen. Uh, and is then he the Steph Curry of? Uh... <laughs> Soccer. <laughs> he's not the Steph Curry because he's he's a he's a little bit of a bone crusher. The Colorado played very physical. They kind of outmuscled the Galaxy, and so at halftime there was a major change. Len Donovan went out injured. He's been great starting, but it looked like he finally broke down after not playing for a couple years. And they brought in Jeff Lorenowitz, and that's when I knew the game was over. Oh. When you when you when you bring in. An old veteran defensive player who hasn't seen regular minutes in months, that tells me that you're trying to play defensively when you really should be putting in guys like Emmanuel Boateng, who's a speedster, Raul Mendiola, who's one of our young guys, and you're, you're bringing in an older guy. So that told me that Bruce Arena was going to try to play down a goal and maybe hope for something instead of pressing and bringing the game to Colorado. Because the rest of the game was essentially target practice for Colorado. Uh, the Galaxy was lucky that Colorado didn't score uh, during – you know, the regu regulation of the game because it ended 1-0, which with the Galaxy winning 1-0 and Colorado winning 1-0, that forced an overtime. And in altitude with older subs, they brought in uh, Robbie Keane and Steven Gerrard. Those were their other um, 
second half sub. So the combined age of our subs was 105 years. <laughs> so wow. when your subs wow. are total that many uh, years, that's not a good sign, especially when, uh, you know, you're going to play extended minutes. And they just, they look like they were content to go into a penalty shootout and to leave the game. They only had one shot on target, which which is unreal. You know, if your goal, objective, scoring an away goal gets you two points essentially and guarantees a, a, a step to the next round and you just... That you didn't do it, and I don't. I don't know if we should give credit to Colorado for shutting the Galaxy down in that way and not allowing them, but but they just didn't look ready, and so it went into a penalty shootout, and they were up against Tim Howard, who's a U.S. national team goalie, and you just knew we're not going to beat this guy in a shootout. They they've got the better goalkeeper, so we're going to need some magic to happen. And then on top of that, the Galaxy players just couldn't take their penalties. Giovanni dos Santos kicked it over the bar. Uh, Ashley Cole hit it and Tim Howard made a decent save mm. um, you know and then our season came down to Jeff Lorenowitz we have all these million dollar players all these superstars and this guy who <laughs> you know we essentially picked up off the waivers he's the guy who we're our season is resting on his yeah. shoulders but you know what to that the point pressure. though the the team you when you play a team sport championships are always won with the weakest link. The weak link. Yeah, we've and had that so discussion. When you when you look at the Dodgers and the reason why they didn't succeed in the playoffs this year was because they didn't have the pitching. All around, the, yeah. You know, I mean, you might have every other position occupied with the best players in the league, but ultimately the other team is going to exploit your weakest link. And it doesn't matter whether it's soccer, baseball, basketball, whatever it is, that's who they're going to exploit. So for you to say that that's what happened, that, that makes a that, lot of that's, sense. Yeah, a, a team what of... The? What is going on with you two tonight? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a new world we're living in, folks. I don't know what's going on with this. <laughs> There's been so much fighting. There's been so much fighting with the election that we just want to love each other. Yeah, yeah. we just want to be happy over here. <laughs> but 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 that's the game, is and that's what I've been saying all season. As a team of average players is going to do better than the high highs and the low lows, which is what the galaxy has. And so. My thoughts on the penalties is just where was Sebastian legit? Where was Robbie Keane? Where was Yella Van Dam? These guys who have been great to the season and they're not the ones who want to take the penalty. I don't know if they were scheduled to take them later and they just never got the opportunity. But it just it, the Galaxy has a lot of work to do in the offseason. They have to get younger. And, and this game was their entire season in a nutshell. It started off hopeful. They slipped up, made some mistakes, and they just couldn't get the chemistry going. But they held on long enough. To disappoint you at the very end. So, uh. so I, you know, I heard that whole thing. So, <laughs> the galaxy. And for the one that Ben actually paid well, attention, I wow. did. This is the last galaxy update. I know. I'm, is that I'm, why you're so excited? That's why he's focusing. I, I'm smiling. <laughs> I, it's hard to whatever. No, but my, my, how did it end? What was the final score? It ended. Well, so Galaxy won one zero at home. Colorado won one zero at at their home. So that forced an overtime. Okay. No one scored in the overtime. Went to penalty shootout, and Colorado Colorado won in the penalty shootout three to one. Okay. So Colorado advances on penalties, and that ended our Galaxy season. Uh, the, a lot of media are saying, you know, thanks for a great season, but you you heard me all year long. This yep. wasn't a fun season. Yeah. Yep. They never got it going. They yep. never they never clicked. They never got it going. Do you think that the Lakers season is going to be more fun to watch? Absolutely. Yeah. The, the chemistry is there, and that's what I'm looking for for next season. I hope they go younger because I think you need to say, we have young guys. We have Raul Mendiola. We have, um, you know, Emma Boateng. We have, uh, you know, Jose Villarreal. We have these, we have Bradford Jamison, these young pieces. And I'd much rather watch these young pieces develop and maybe know we're not going to win a championship, but we're going to build some team chemistry. And these guys are going to be special one day. Then I suppose just getting the biggest names we can and saying, let's see if this works. And if, because when it doesn't work, it doesn't work and it looks bad. Yes. I, I hope to your point that the Dodgers do the same thing. 
<laughs> no, I, I do. They, they are young. So, they, so they, they're young they and just a lot of get the right pieces together. Yeah. But I mean, they just they just got rid of Carlos Ruiz. And so they got, I think they got a pitcher that's a little bit younger. So I, I think that collectively as an LA fan, I think that, you know, for the teams like the Dodgers and like the Galaxy that are a little bit older, I think that you, you focus on the young pieces and then you put the veterans around them that teach them how to win. And so the Lakers, I think all they're missing right now is, I, I think they're missing one good player that's a little bit older that relates to the young kids that can really help them turn that corner. And that's what the guy, and Eddie Lewis kind of mentioned it when we interviewed him last week. It's not that these these old superstars can't contribute, but their, their contribution, we'd much rather have... They can't carry a, you on their they're, back. They're not going to be the, the, exactly, the people that carry you on their back. They're not going to win you the championship, but they're going to yeah. influence the guys who can. So the, the season is over. There's a lot of work to be done in the yep. offseason, so it's my last Galaxy update of the oh, year. Oh, this is it. Well, before you go, let me ask you this, because throughout the course of the season, there was a lot of times where you questioned Bruce Arena's decisions, and I think even in the beginning of the season, you weren't sure. I, I thought he lost the locker room. I thought yeah. I thought that, that he wasn't trying and that he—I thought he was done. So now in hindsight— In yeah. hindsight, I, I, I in the playoffs, it seemed like he maybe— Took a, he he just wanted to get into the playoffs. I don't think the regular season mattered to him as long as he was in the playoffs. And the playoffs is when he was gonna, you know, quote unquote, work his magic. And it, his magic didn't work. Yeah. So uh, his contract is actually up at the end of this year. Do we want him so back? There's I I think he's still. I don't know who else you get. You know, being a coach in in MLS is not. It's not like you can go and get the best coach in the world. So for for the league itself, he's he's not a bad option. But I think maybe maybe the carrot over his head is maybe he wants to go out on top. So maybe if he sticks around for another year or two, he'll maybe try to get the pieces to win so he could walk away as a champion. Because I think that that'd be a great narrative to send him off as a winner. But but we'll see. There's a lot of moves that are going to happen in the offseason. So even though it's my last Galaxy update, I'll, I'll be uh, bringing updates because a lot's going to happen. Oh, I'm Ben, sure. did you hear that? <laughs> With Robbie Keane. I can't and wait. Gerard. How exciting. Yeah. Just a little more. Oh, good stuff. All right. Well, we got to get out of here. If you want your Kings news, check out the Guys in Shorts Kings show. Nice. And you can find that on iTunes or SoundCloud. So be sure to check that out. We are Guys in Shorts. Follow us on Twitter, at Guys in Shorts LA. Find us on Facebook. Visit the website, guysinshorts.com. If you'd like to call and leave a message for us, it's 562-450-3356. And please, share, spread the word about the show, tell all your friends, look family for, about us. Look for our mannequin challenge. Oh, Ooh. yes. We got a good mannequin challenge. <laughs> That's going to be Did up on Twitter. Words? For sure. It's a pretty good one. So check that out and share it and uh, review. Review us on iTunes. We we do certainly appreciate that. All right. We got to get out of here. Oh, FanDuel League. Congratulations. Did he do it? I did it. Darren did I do Bass, it? I won. Uh, yes. Yes. No longer in third. That's first, guys. That's how you coach a team. Yeah. So of, of all the weeks that, we, that you guys I have played. I forgot to sign up this week. Yeah, I was going to say, of all, of all the weeks that you guys have played. That's good for me. How many weeks have guys in shorts won? Well, Eric won, won two. two. And now I has, almost I won. won a couple. Almost doesn't count. Yeah, I almost won doesn't count. So so three for nine. Three for nine, yes. Three bad. for nine. 32%. Yeah. So, yep, Darren won with 135 points. Rod De La Fuente was in second with 132, and I took third with 129. So Love that third place spot. I, I know, I know. <laughs> oh, Always the second bridesmaid 
Never the bride? <laughs> that is means that, Sunday morning. I don't have to yeah, deposit we'll more money. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, jerk. All right. That's it for us this week. For Victor Costello, Darren Besa, Ben Garcia, and Eric the Portuguese Hammer Vieira, I'm Jeff Wilson, and we'll see you guys next week. Goodbye, America. Ah! 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 Ah!